Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest, my current guest, the one and only Reese Raps. Um, I love that name because there is zero zero misinterpretation as to what you're going to get. And that is very much rapping. But the thing is you, you also can sing as well. So it's not only that you rap, but you can also sing. Um, you've done some amazing things. You've been performing on like hundreds of stages. Like all I see on socials is you promoting shows and performances. Um, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, you've got dope band. You've got like a dope event company. Um, you've got, singles that came out you're literally doing so many things you also cook as well which i noticed as well um but yeah like i always seem to ask a similar question at the beginning but like when you hear someone else talk about the all the things that you do like does it feel like oh yeah i actually do do all that kind of stuff like i i do do a lot yeah it's it was the fact that you even mentioned the cooking thing, a lot of people miss that part. <laughs> but yeah, it, it I think it really set in for me really when I was like, yeah, I do all these events, but I didn't, I haven't like worked for anybody else doing events. It's been independently. And I was like, I'm, I might want to get some experience. So I updated my resume and I was like putting all the skills. And I was like, that's when it really set in. It was this large, like, big paragraph of all the different duties and tasks that I do for just that part. And I was like, it's a lot of different hats you got to wear um, as an entrepreneur and, and different lanes. And you just got to you just got to do it. But also, I'm at a point now where it's like, yeah, I do do a lot. And, I, and I'm realizing that. And I have to start outsourcing more to get to the next level. Yeah, I think it's a good problem to have, though, when you're looking at your resume and you're like, hey, I actually do a hell of a lot. I think a lot of people go, I don't do much and I got to pat it out and I got to make it look like I do a lot. <laughs> so Yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> it would be worse, right? <laughs> it would be so much worse. But, like, is it easy for you to let go? Is it easy for you to, like, pass it out to other people? Or is it easy for you to, like, you know, let go of the reins and let someone else do what you've been doing for a long time. No, it's not. It's not easy. It's, I, I'm struggling with that right now. You know, it's like, okay, so I was like, since February, I'm like, all right, at least for my events, you know, because I do a lot for my music as well, you know, and I, I've been kind of taking it in phases where I'm really focused on one than the other and, I, and then I'm blending them. And when I was in California for so long, for like 
it felt like so long because I had two events when I got back <laughs> and I was like stressing out, answering. I was at a conference. I'm trying to answer questions for the artist. I'm just thinking about this person doesn't have their link, thinking about all this stuff. And I'm like, I have to outsource, I have to start, I have to hire some people and put them on a team. So I finally like, that was back in February. Finally, last week, I put out a post and like, okay, I'm looking for people to add to the team. And People started reaching out. Other people started reaching out like, how, how can I help? I, can, I can't be there, but I can do it digitally. I really want to help. I love what you're doing. People reached out from the event page. I didn't even necessarily know about me and just the events. And now I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I got the people here. Now I have to actually like, all right, here's what I need you to do. And so I'm kind of, it's like when you do everything, you like things done a certain way, you kind of like, you want to give people their space to do them creatively, but it's kind of like, what do I delegate out? I know I don't like, I I can do the graphics, but I don't necessarily want to. So I got to bring someone in and that actually enjoys to do that. And um, it's just like me trying to figure out how much I should still keep on or should I just like put everything away to where I could just like focus on sponsorships and just other things I'm or my music because some, sometimes I do so much I I can't even focus on writing and creating as much so it, it's a lot it's a lot of questions that I, I'm, I'm answering but I do have people that are ready to help right now this second and, and some of the stuff I was doing today is actually getting them their prompts what they should do so I'm learning it's like this new though it's like so new for you then the like mm-hmm. a recruitment, the hiring, the interviewing and like the it's like it always sounds really easy. And professionally, like I have had a corporate career and the hardest part of my jobs have always been recruitment because like you never know until they're in the front door. And it's like some people are great at saying the things you want to hear and you just got to have like references and you got to have and so my respect for people who do recruitment is like through the roof because it is really tough finding good people that you can trust yeah i definitely i i'm 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 looking forward to see how these events go <laughs> with this new event coordinator i hired today i i mean i I don't know, you know, I don't know how it's going to go, but what I was um, sure about what I was looking for, for me, it's more, more important than an experience is the work ethic and the attitude, you know, and the willingness to learn, because that's what I want. I want people that are, that you can mold, you know, to, to, to what you know how to do. I don't, I didn't want a whole lot of people that had a lot going on on their own. And then I, I just wanted it to be like, let's grow. You, I can bring you in. I can teach you what I know. You know, you can be like my apprentice in a way, you know, <laughs> like and and just have a good attitude. So I was like, we're looking for hardworking and motivated individuals, you know, with a good attitude. So I'm just and people that believe in it. So I'm look, <laughs> we might have to do an update <laughs> to see how that went. To be fair, we, we could definitely do an update, but I actually think that is the best way to hire, like hire culture fit and higher for what you want in your team. Cause I actually think you're hundred percent right. Too much experience is not good. If that's not what you need in your team. Like if you want someone you can teach and be like, Hey, this is what I've been doing the whole time. I just need support with doing that kind of this way. And then 
the problem is that at the beginning, it actually is more work. <laughs> so yeah. it takes some time before it like actually pays off and you can put your hands off. But like, yeah, I think ultimately learning to let go is the hardest part that any one of us has because like sometimes 80% is good enough in the sense of like, you will do it a hundred percent, but your time is more valuable than getting that extra little 20% in some tasks that really don't matter a huge, huge amount. And if you can offload and if it's like, okay, this is not how I would have done it, but it's still pretty good. Then that is almost good enough. So like there is like this freedom to doing it. Cause yeah, as you said, must be so difficult to also create on top of all the other things that you're doing. Yeah, it, it it can get really, I gotta just like get the creative moments when I, when I want to get them. So, uh, or when I get them, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll stay up. Like if I'm in a creative mood, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay up till like 7am, 8am writing and doing things. Cause if I'm in it, I'm going to stay in it. Um, so that's brings me to one of the things. Um, so I recently, this month I joined, cause I feel like I, I want to be on more of a schedule. So they have this school called Pendulum Inc., which is like a, a rap school, essentially. Right. So I've been a member since uh, the beginning of this month. So it's, it's fairly, fairly new. And a big reason for me doing that is like, I feel like I'm a, I'm an amazing rapper. I want to do it at a, if I, if I have assignments and, and, and just, a regularity and how I have to write and, and turn in, it's going to help me just get more of a greater output and get more of a scheduling on. So I think people go to school for different reasons. Some, some like the structure of school, you know, and I definitely want to learn. They're definitely pushing me out of my comfort zone writing wise. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like toggling with what I want. Cause I want to be super dope. Like I want to, I want to be able to like, I make music too, though, you know, like I don't want to make my music so complicated to where somebody somebody can't understand it by hearing it. But I do want to push my pen, you know, in any way I can, especially when it comes to doing freestyles and it, when it comes to like getting on radio shows and different things. And I want to prepare for that second stage, you know, doing the media runs and just so I'm able to write high quality stuff like every day all the time and it's like I am able to but sometimes if you don't have that structure in place like saying hey this is what you have to do um you're not you're not going to get better so yeah I'm in I'm in rap school now <laughs> to see and what happens and um you know up up the frequency on you know my writing so funny because like rap and school they don't seem like they go hand in hand you know what I mean like the the culture of hip-hop has always been like anti-establishment anti like structure like freedom and me doing whatever i want and us creating the rules as as the artist so it's like it's cool that there's a rap school i've actually thought about this for a while that like you know it feels like traditional schools they're focused on like music theory and so it's like general music theory as opposed to like how do you construct bars and like how do you create a song and how do you flow lyrically and like so i think that is such a cool concept of like actually a rap school, even if it's just teaching you the basics, but like, at least it gives you no, some not just the basics. They got levels. They got so many levels. Like it's like, they moved me to a more advanced class. Cause like in the first class I was doing, I was already doing a lot of the stuff. So that would have been just like up to frequency, but the class they moved me to, I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. 
everybody in the class is fucking dope <laughs> for one. And not everybody may not be pursuing music, but there's so many dope rappers out here like that are just really fucking dope and it makes you push your pen. And it's like, it's, it's high, high level stuff, you know, and it's the second year they've done it. So um, it's still fairly new, you know, we get in our textbook, they're making names for these things that never had names. And, and it's just really, it's really dope. It's definitely innovative. Shout out to Mickey Fax, Chilla Jones, Comic Book Cam. You know, they got they got classes not only on um, rapping, they got classes on songwriting, music business, as well as content creation and and um, rhymecology. That's about like rap, how it relates to mental health and just just a lot. Like, so it's it's very interesting. Definitely one of them should be on this podcast. I've actually <laughs> interviewed Mickey Fax. Oh, you have? Oh, I yeah. did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. that Was that before the school? I think that must have been. He didn't bring it up. I got to say, it was one of the funniest interviews I've done because he was like eating pretzels throughout the interview. And I was like, man, you just don't give a fuck today, <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, Mickey is definitely a talented, talented writer. Um, so it's been interesting, you know, breaking down these bars in class. And I've only been in a few classes because I'm fairly new. They kind of threw me, they moved me to the more advanced class. And I'm like, now I'm like playing catch up. So I'm just like, we got, I'm about to write some raps when we get off here. Because <laughs> class this weekend. And it's definitely like, it's definitely using some techniques that I'm not used to using some of the stuff that we're learning. So I'm definitely good with flows, patterns, but certain things I might have used it before, but not made it to practice. So, but I also don't want to, I don't want to make it overcomplicated. I want to stick to what I'm doing, but then add some of that stuff. But I don't want it to be like a puzzle when you listen to my lyrics. Yeah, I think that's the hard part of like, there is, I mean, I think Jay Z said this before that he's had to dumb down his raps because he knows that if you go too far, then it becomes too much. And for the everyday person who isn't like diving into the lyrical kind of combination of it all, that they just can't recognize what you're doing and it just becomes overly complicated. So I think there is obviously that balance of like having enough complexity for it to be impressive, but also simple enough for it to sound good and so that everyone understands what you're talking about. Because there are some artists who just go for the most complicated rhyme schemes. But at the end, you're like, I have no idea what you said at the end. Like, what was the point of this? No, literally, it's like, and I don't listen to music for that. And I don't listen to music like that because I I don't, I like the feeling first, you know? And, and if it's lacking feeling, if you're making stuff, and sometimes when, when you make it so like concrete or in a way it's like it it can it just I, I lose interest personally because I, I'm listening to lyrics I listen to lyrics but I also listen to feeling and I want to get the message and it's about relaying the message more than anything you know so can you get your message across can you relay a feeling um can you can you relay how you felt and transfer that energy into a, a song that, to where somebody listens to it and they feel it as well? That's a skill, you know, to be able to capture things just like an artist, a visual artist, you know, or, or some of these paintings, you know, they were able to capture, fill it on a painting and then that, they're, I'm stuck with that forever. This might have been more than just, a. I see it as just a heart, you know, it's just a heart, but 
they might have made it more complex in their mind. But for me, it's like I like it because it's it's a heart. It's the same way as for music. It's like you gotta make it. And, and it could be like a the whole song can be a double entendre in a way, you know, to where you make it simple and then it, there's also a deeper meaning. That's just different levels to it. So I, I want to push my pen, but I also want to keep the essence of what I'm doing, you know, in my style, because that's what makes me me. And I feel like I'm big on feeling, I'm big on emotion, I'm big on messages, and I'm big on just expressing myself, because I feel like once you're not expressing yourself anymore, then the music becomes like, what am I rapping just to compete with others? You know, just so you could believe that I'm a good rapper. And it's like, no, I make music because I make music. And that's what I make it for. I make it because I wanted to make it. This is how I felt. And I got to keep that essence. So that's why I was like, mainly for, you know, freestyles, verses, but also for the whole community of um, going to the school, meeting people, and also being around other people that are really fucking dope at writing. Because sometimes when you see some, when you don't see other people doing it around you, I see dope people, but it, it's levels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think it's a cool thing to like acknowledge within yourself to be like, hey, I can do better. I think the scariest things for us as adults is like being like a beginner at something again, or like even admitting that you have room to grow. Like it's just, we're all now at a point where we're good at stuff. Like I am good at X, Y, Z, but like starting from level one again and like being open to starting from level one again is like extremely scary. Cause it's like, Oh shit. Now I have to like make mistakes and, and do all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's just a cool thing for you and, and a good sign of like where you want to go that you're open to like learning and pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and like being like, Oh, I need to learn how to add skills to my existing skill set as opposed to just be stubborn and stick with what I've been doing the whole time. Right. Yeah. You got it. I feel like you're always going to be able to get better, no matter how many, how dope people say you are, how dope people think you are. And I was just having a conversation. I was like, yeah, I feel like I need to be better performing. And so I was like, you think you, you could be like, yeah, I need to be a better performer because it's like it's levels. I, I could I could get so much better, even though I'm really great. I'm really good at what I do. But like, I got to get better than what I am. You know, you always can progress because if you're not growing, then you're dead. You know, I also think it becomes boring at that stage. Like if you're not pushing the boundaries of what you can do, like, is it even exciting anymore? Like, is it even like, does it even inspire you to get out of bed? Cause it just becomes monotonous. You just start being like, Oh, what's the point of all this? I'm just doing the same shit I've been doing for like years and years and years. And, I think that's why there are artists who just stop making music at some point. They're just like, I'm kind of done. I don't have anything else I want to achieve or like I need a break. And it's just, they just get to a point. And I think from the outside looking in, we're like, how could you stop? You're on top of the world. But then they're just like, yeah, this isn't everything. And then I've just lost my passion for it. Right. I feel like it's about, it's about remembering your why and having that clear, you know, and that's when it comes because I, I deal with so much with doing music and it's like, yeah, sometimes it does feel like that. Like, what are you 
what are you doing it for? What like I'm so far in. It's like I decided I wanted to do this and I, I went for it. I've been going for it. I haven't stopped going for it since I started, regardless of what circumstances. But I feel like that comes me. It always brings me back anytime when I may be feeling discouraged about um, my career or, or what I'm doing. I, I remember like why I'm doing it. I remember like, yo, your music is can change perspective. Your music can change people's lives. Your music can break down stereotypes. You know, your music can do so much. Um, you doing music, not like personally me doing music, not you, but me <laughs> doing music can um, show people so many different ways the path that I'm going down and and the route of independence. I can inspire so many. I have inspired so many already. And sometimes we forget what we have done and and how many people I've already impacted, you know, through just pursuing what I wanted to do. So it's only going to get greater and greater, you know, the more down the line. And I think when you think about that, why you also have a responsibility to realize the power that you have as a creator and what you're putting out to the world and um, to have that, make sure you're being responsible with that, you know, knowing the why being responsible with what you're putting out there. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to have of like, know your why. But I also think people need to create. Like, I think everyone is creative in their own way. We have our own creative genius, whatever that looks like, whether it be, you know, as a musician, whether it be as a rapper, whether it be as a writer or, a, or just someone who does anything else. I think, there is this part of us that we suppress and I don't know why of like this creative part of us of like, especially when you're growing up, like it's not really explored that much. I see like most people just have a nine to five and they don't do anything creative. And it's mm -hmm. like, I wonder how many people out there have a creative genius, but we never see it. And then we lose that potential in the world. And I, and you know, my brother started painting recently and he's, fallen in love with painting and it's just like it's so cool to see that we all have our own version of creativity but you gotta let it out I, I genuinely believe you gotta let it out like the world deserves for you to let it out and express yourself yeah it's it's interesting because for a long time I mean I've seen I've suppressed my creativity you know, in the past, you know, there was a period in my life in my early 20s where, well, not, not that early, like, well, early, early 20s, like to 23, I'm like, I'm saying it like, it, that was that long ago, but, <laughs> but it was a part in my life where I was just going to work and I was suppressing my creativity. I wasn't pursuing it. I also was in a relationship where I wasn't able to pursue it, but um, but on top of that, I was just like, you know, a closet writer, you know, and, um, and even in high school too, even before I started making music, I would just suppress so much of who I was like as a performer. And I, I, I wanted to do a lot of things, a lot of different things. I wanted to be in theater and just so many different things that I just didn't do because of what society statistics about immediate incomes or what people get paid or society and and I just lived a regular life from like high school to 
to like um, working in insurance and everything like that, making six figures selling insurance, but not happy at all, you know? So I, I, I've seen how much more fulfillment I've gotten by just leaving corporate and, and going for what I wanted to do. And I've seen how much it's impacted so many people around me, how the community I've built, you know, around me just by doing what I wanted to do. And I'm like, man, I could have moved to Charlotte and just sold insurance because my, my job was like, you could work from home, whatever. So they send me on my equipment. I did it for a couple of years out here, but could have moved here, just worked insurance, still never pursued music. And my experience here over the past five years would have been completely different. Yeah, I would be probably a millionaire from insurance by now, maybe. But just the people, it, it it's like a butterfly effect when you think about just by you doing that, how many people's lives have been changed. Because just through me, you know, I've had, I've thrown nearly 100 events in Charlotte since 2019. I've had over a thousand people touch one of my stages, you know, just, I don't know if that number's right, actually, but I would, I would guess it's more. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of people <laughs> touch stages, plus all the stages I performed at, plus people that I've met at my events, people that have met other people and different things, plus all the, just the people that follow me online and have seen my story, seen me grow from nothing, seen my work ethic, you know, just from everything. And I would have that same work ethic when it came to work, you know, but now it's just pouring into myself. It kind of like a lost interest in working more, but it's like, just people see me traveling, just doing my life, you know, even if they haven't even expressed that to me, it's like, by doing you, I've impacted like thousands of people, I'm sure, just by doing what I do. And that's not to mention all the people that listen to the music and love the music and it helps them through things. And that's just like, it's so many different avenues. And it's like selling insurance and, and making money doing that. I mean, I would have, I was impacting lives on the insurance side too, though. I was helping people with their plans. They're like, thank you so much. I was a great agent, but it's like, I feel like I'm doing way more, you know, over yeah. here. Let's be honest. I used to work at a bank, so I, I kind of get what, what you're talking about, but let's be honest. Your impact at that insurance company is not the same impact that you're having now. They say oh, thank yeah. you because they need to say thank you because you're helping them get through this absolute bullshit of whatever we have to go through. Because, like, I know when people are saying thank you when I was working at the bank, they're only thankful because, like, I'm helping them deal with complicated stuff. They're not yeah. actually that thankful that they have to go through it. They're like, they're just like, ah, oh, I couldn't have done this by myself. And as right. much as you're good at your job, yeah, not the same impact. 100% agree. Yeah, it's 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 not. Even though I was helping them be what they planned, <laughs> they needed that help though. That was they needed the help. That's why I was like, I kind of felt like, oh man, my clients. I gotta say, but but then I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I don't feel passion in this, you know. So it's like when you when you do stuff, just I mean, you helping people, but you make a paycheck. But it's just so much more rewarding to just do what I want to do I have so much more freedom now working for myself and I'm able to like just put people in position and I, I I employ people too you know I'm getting hosts DJs different people um that are part of it food vendors um we have small businesses at all our events you know we're empowering them by allowing them space with people there to actually 
be there and people are finding out, okay, what's going on in their city, the talent that they may not know about and everything. And just, I think it's so important to like be that in your community. Like what I've contributed to this community in the past five years is a lot. And I want to just scale that globally because I feel like creatives are the heartbeat of whatever place you're in. And, and I I have a passion with shining a, a light on all the dope people I know, because I know a lot of dope people because there's, I don't think there's a deficit of talent. There's a deficit in work ethic, information, you know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of talent out here that you'll never hear of. Like the dopest rapper never pursued it. It's probably selling insurance, you know, <laughs> somewhere. So yeah, it's a lot when, when, but it's a lot. If somebody's listening to this, if you are, if you do have a dream, everybody has a dream. Everybody has something that they enjoyed when they were younger or they wanted to do when they were younger. And I, and I think you should go back to that. I always wanted to be a performer. I was a performer growing up. Um, I performed at my granddad's group called the Unspeakables. And it was a lip syncing group. And he would put together shows. We would have different songs. We would, I started from when I was like four, you know, till when I was 12, when I moved from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I, uncovering that part of me was not just a phase when I was a kid and going back to it in 2018 and like oh I still love to do this this is me and this is who I always was just walking in that you know remember that childlike dream you had you know that you felt like it was, was too far-fetched because society told you it was you know and and go after that I feel like and you'll find the most fulfillment can I ask how did you arrive at that realization so like I'm picturing you in your nine to five every day, you've got this like subconscious version of you. That's like, like wanting that creativity, you need it and you are just suppressing it, but you're still doing the nine to five, you know, you have the potential for success. What's the flipping point? Like, was there anything that happened or what was the mindset shift where you were like, Oh no, this is not it. Like what, what was that like of you making the seeing that and then making the decision to follow that dream? Well, for me about here's how it kind of works for me. It was a little different. Cause like, okay, I performed when I was up until middle school or elementary school and under, and then in middle school, high school, I wasn't really pursuing, you know, how they have the kids that are like into all the art, the talent shows, everything. I wasn't doing none of that. Wasn't pursuing it in high school. Wanted to in my, in the back of my head, but let talk myself out of it. But when I was 19, my freshman year in college, that's when I started rapping. I used to freestyle just for fun, you know, with my friends and stuff. And I was like, well, if I could freestyle, then I could probably rap. So I was in class and I, and I wrote a rap. And then I started posting them to YouTube when I was 19. And so that was like, just from there, I was like, yo, I'm I'm really good at writing and I want to be a rapper. So I, I just, but putting it out there was kind of scary, but I was like, I don't care. I was putting it on my YouTube and Facebook. And then I met my ex. So I was pursuing, from there, I was like, yo, I want to be this artist, but it was still like a hobby for me at the time. And then I met my ex who also was a rapper and he was like seven years older than me. And he basically gave me an ultimatum, like, and I thought I had it like a soulmate. He gave me an ultimatum, like, either it's me or rapping. And I'm like six months in at this point, writing raps and putting them on YouTube. I had 100 subscribers. I was building a little base on YouTube and stuff like that. I have videos are getting like 1,000, 2,000 views. It's nothing major, but it was like for somebody that was just rapping 
on their MacBook, you know, nothing major. It was major for you. Yeah, it was pretty. It was like I was a secret. That was like my secret thing I had. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm rapping and doing videos. So anyways, he gave me the ultimatum. I thought I had a I thought I had a, my soulmate at that point. You know, you're young and you don't know what's going on. You don't even know yourself. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll stop rapping and start to look on my videos, put them on private. And I was just in that relationship for four years. And like anytime I would like, I would write a couple songs, I would just write stuff, you know, or go in his studio and record some stuff that, um, but it was like I wasn't allowed to. I would I would ask him like to go to open mic. So you want to go to like I had to go everywhere with him. I couldn't do stuff on my own. So I wanted to perform. I wanted to go to open mics. I wanted to do things. But I it was like I would be like no. He would say no all the time. So and it was abusive. It ended up being an abusive relationship, you know, and stuff like that. So I was just work was like just my escape because I couldn't do music. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't do music. So work was just my only thing I had accomplished. I was like, all right, well, being number one, that was, I would dream about work. That was just the only thing I had because I was just living in a toxic environment. So when I left, I was like, and it was very therapeutic for me. Um, When I left and I I moved, I left everything. And in January, 2018, I left all my clothes, belongings, took my um, dog and like just got on the highway instead of going to work one day and moved from Kansas City to Charlotte where my parents had moved and one of, and a couple of my siblings had moved a few years prior. So, cause I, I was there with no family in the middle of the country, like 15 hours away. So when I moved, I was like, I, I felt so free. I was like, I could finally do what I wanted. I was like, I want to, I want to make this music. I want to make this project. So I started writing songs and stuff. And that was like what I did, like from January to March, I was just writing songs I was reciting them and stuff like that. And then um, I was like, I got to find a studio now. You know, I got to. And I end up meeting my producer at the mall because I was always shopping and getting new clothes. Because one thing I did have, I I left everything, but I had a lot of money. So I was able to like reset everything up because it was like I was just like getting money just to see how much money I could make. And, and And that showed me something, too, like that money doesn't matter, you know, because I was always like, all right, well, I just got to make six figures and I'll be happy. And then, then I was like, all right, I just got to work from home doing it. Did that, you know, still wasn't, wasn't fulfilled. But like, um, so I, I met my producer at the mall in April and first person I met in Charlotte, he was, and he's somebody that had a gold record at the time, like never see him out. He'd be in the studio. It was like really just fate. I spoke it. I, I wanted it. And it was sent to me, you know, in that relationship with Crazy Figs. Then I got in the studio in April. He, you know, was making the beats, producing me, telling me how to say it. And like this, this EP, the dope EP, a lot of those songs are from my first and second studio session, you know, like ever. And just making it because he he made sure it sounded right. I, I knew one thing I wanted to invest in myself and I didn't want to sound like I just started because I spent four years not pursuing it because I was in that relationship. And I felt like, man, I'm so behind now because I would have already been famous by now. I'm like, if I would have just kept with it when I was 19. But I will say um, that change, of course, definitely changed who I was. It changed my trajectory. It, it made the purpose even deeper, you know, and, it, and it, it just, you know, it helped me 
better be the person I am today. So I don't regret it. And who knows if I would have like popped at like 22, 23, all this stuff happening, plastic surgery, all that stuff, you know, like who knows what path I would have went down without my head on my shoulder. So I, I'm grateful for the journey and how it worked. But yeah, it was like really getting out that relationship and leaving that just opened up to like a life that was that I could not have even fathomed, like me even doing any of this. Like it was weird telling people my name was Reese at first. Like I would be like, because I never went by a nickname. My granddad nicknamed me Reese. So I, it was like paying homage to what he instilled in me. And um, it was weird just going by. I didn't even have Instagram. I, I got Instagram in 2018. Like once I start like mid 2018, once I start finishing the music, I'm like, okay, like I got to actually get on Instagram now. I'm really doing this. And once I decided like, okay, I'm an artist and I was going out and telling people that, even if I didn't believe it, even if it felt weird. And then that same year, I won Female Hip Hop Artist of the Year by the end of that year in Charlotte. So it was like, to me, that was just like, wow, I was somebody last year who was making the most I ever made in my life, but very depressed, living in Kansas City, no family. Now, a year later, they I'm Female Hip Hop Artist of the Year, Charlotte, been performing, been doing so many different things. So it was definitely like just confirmation for everything I was doing and it happened really quick you know just um how I was growing that's a you long... went back to back right yeah back to back yeah so 2018 and 2019 in the Queen City Awards so just my first couple years and I felt like for me it was like I didn't know I felt like it was like premature but then also I felt like I can't help the, the, the people want me. <laughs> the people want me. So I can't help that I'm 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 chosen, you know? So it just was like if some people ain't like it, some people had a well, she just started or she just moved out here and da 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 And I'm like, well, it's whatever. But also well, nobody y'all, y'all need to do better if that's the case. If right. she started and she's winning, y'all need to do better. Like here's the thing: it feels bad to lose, but it also is a good lesson to lose. Because it should motivate you to be like, oh shit, no, I have to do more. Um, yeah, that I think that's I, I'm a competitive person. I like competition because I and I think that's part of it. I think that losing and and getting your pride hurt and f- that feeling, that negative feeling, is a good feeling to have, so that you're reminded, oh, I don't want to feel that again. So I got to hustle and I got to get better so that you can have the winning feeling. Cause I love winning more than anything almost. Man. Yeah. I, I love to win. I'm an Aries. So my birthday just passed. I'm very <laughs> big. I'm very competitive. I love like, if I, I, I believe anything that I focus on, I, I will get, you know, and then coming from a sales background, you know, too, it's like, yeah, I was going to Hawaii with my job. Like I wasn't just any sales agent. Like I was the, the sales agent, you know, but when you I, care- I can I just say you and I are very similar. I have a sales background and I went to India recently um, for, for my work. I'm going to, to Europe recently and I'm a Capricorn. So from what I hear, I'm not really aware of all the star signs, but I know Capricorns are notoriously stubborn. So like everything that you're saying, I'm like, Oh yeah, this reminds me of me tick. Tick tick. <laughs> I feel like the Capricorns, y'all will will get whatever you want, and you might 
be patient in getting it too. I'm very impatient. I'm like, all right, I need it right now. But I feel like y'all will take whatever time to get to where you want to go. That's what I've noticed from the Capricorns that I know is like definitely good people to have around. So well, my yeah. brother's always like, Aaron, you're pretty impatient. You got to like, like I believe in the long-term journey, but I'm also like fucking hurry this shit up now. <laughs> like I want it today, but I'm like, I'm grounded enough to be like, realistically will take time, but I'm also, you know, dumb enough to be like, I want it now. I don't want to wait. Yeah. My, me, I'm like, I'm more like, I'm like, I'm going to go like 120. And it's kind of like how I, I, I run to like, I'll, I'd rather sprint <laughs> really fast and then walk, then just jog, you know what I'm saying? And that's how I kind of work in life. I'd rather sprint and then all right, all right, I need to take some walk time the rest and then sprint for it again and then so I, you'll see stuff in spurts where I'll go like super duper hard and then he's like all right you might not see me for a, a second not that long but just a second and then when I come back I'm coming back hard so it's kind of like kind of finding that trying to find that balance in between like being impatient and and being patient you know just the balance and everything like that like so it's it's a learning experience and I think as we get older we can um kind of learn how to slow down a little bit but plan more you know and and plan for it and stick to it so that's where I'm at with it well can I just say from you telling your story and I appreciate you telling your story because I'm sure it's not easy to to kind of remember and think about you know how you felt at the time but from hearing it, it almost like your music represents your freedom. Like that's what the story essentially said to me. And, I, and it's so great for, for you to share that because it also showed like, you know, uh, being older now, you can tell like where the red flags are in the sense of like with the people around, you know, an ultimatum six months in to me, that was like, oh shit, this is not going to be good. Like this is just like controlling and, you know, it's, it's difficult when you're young because you hear the stories, but you're like, that won't happen to me. That's not right. this. And you start and you convince yourself that you're not in that position. So, you know, I think we're only benefiting from you telling your story and only benefiting from you, you know, realizing your dreams and your passions. So I just want to reiterate that because like it is so important that people continue to listen and, and hear what we all have to say. And it goes back to our point, you know, probably 20 minutes ago, which was like, everyone should share because ultimately the more we share, the better it is. And like genuinely the shift in your face and the way you looked between talking about you being a salesperson versus you now and talking about your creativity is polar opposite. Like, you light up when you're talking about your music and that is so much better. And it just continues to show that you're, you're doing the right things for yourself and also for the people around you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important that we do because I feel like everybody has their purpose in their lane. And, and if we don't walk in it, then at the end of your life, what, what have you accomplished? And it's like money, I feel like is too much of a driving factor for people when it comes to choosing what they will spend their life doing, you know? And it's like, 
because money comes regardless of whatever you do. If you're exceptional at what you do, the money comes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, a you can make money doing anything. So I'm like, if you take the time to actually build something that you love, then you can actually make money and be happy one day. So it's like, it's just fulfilling to be able to just do it. And you, and I really, you just don't understand the impact when you're in it. Sometimes everything's just moving and you're like, all right, go, go, go. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like I've done a lot. And it's important for us to realize that as well. And it's like, and celebrate our milestones and, and celebrate ourselves, you know, through all of it. Cause I, I know we're in this, like, you know, everybody always tell me, keep working. We see you keep working, keep going. And it's like, damn, nobody said, hey, why don't you rest for a second? Like, I, I see you working really hard. Maybe take a spa day. Maybe take some time. It's, it took somebody to tell me that last weekend for me to even say on my birthday, I'm not going to do nothing work-related. I'm going to, even though I performed, but I performed because I wanted to. You know, I performed at an open <laughs> mic because I wanted to, but <laughs> it was like, I didn't make no flyers. I didn't do nothing. No event promotion. I didn't do nothing. And I, I went to the spa and I really just, I swam and it really took me a second to realize like, what do you like to do outside of the music? Music is definitely freedom for me and it, it and it's a form of my expression, but it's important for me to not get lost in the in the music and create a life outside of music you know so because music is my life and I do so much through it it's it's so fulfilling but I also have things that I like to do like I like to swim I I didn't know I like to swim for a long time I forgot I like to swim until I was like at a hotel in California and I was like let me just I had I had a hotel for like three days and then they had a beautiful pool outside and I extended it instead of going right to the airport or instead of checking out, I was like, I extended it and I was just swimming for hours. And I was like, man, I really love to swim. Like I didn't, I forgot that I love to swim. You know, I like to hike. I like, I like jet skiing, you know, I like to do zip lining and outdoor stuff. So it's important that I'm doing stuff that Shauna loves to do. And that will create better music in the end and inspire me more to come back to the music because I think sometimes we get so wrapped into, this is still work now, you know, it's a career now. So I just, I'm finding that balance in actually doing the things that I just want to do without, that will help my mental health more, you know, and that just stuff just you like to do. I like to cook, you know, I don't have to make it a, thing all the time a spectacle where I'm like holding up my phone trying to record it for my cooking page and doing it it's like just cook you know just do it so just I think it's important that we nurture our just all the things we love you know and um you know put that time and effort into those things that we love that become careers well I gotta say I think that the feeling of the water is like underrated like because I haven't gone for a swim in ages. I used to be like uh, a competitive swimmer when I was younger. Like uh, I wow. made nationals when I was, when I was like 16, but like ever since I stopped, I just haven't been swimming. Cause it's like, to me, it's like, that's a part of myself that I let go. Like that was a youthful dream. And then um, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to make the Olympics. And then I used to see like, I'm not short. I'm like just under six foot, but like, the people who are making Olympics are like six, five. And I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, 
this might be a problem. Um, so reality kick, kicked in, but but yeah. Um, you could have been a swimmer, man. You could have been a swimmer. I could have been, but it got. What I was talking about. Like, I gotta say, there was a point where, like, the train. I was done with the training. Like, I was swimming like eleven sessions a week. Like, it was ridiculous, and it was just like, it gets to a point where, like, you either continue to commit or you make the choice and actively make the choice that you were done. And I remember my coach leaving and he left and moved overseas and he got me to where I was. And then I joined a new club. And like, as soon as I joined a new club, that was, that was it. My motivation was just not there. I was just after years and years of doing it, I was just like, nah, this is the beginning of the end. I could see it just in the way I just didn't have the drive, but everything that you said, like the, giving yourself permission to live the life you want to live is essentially what we should be striving for. I spoke to an artist, Maz Bokyu from New Zealand, and he was saying that like, we get distracted by the Drakes and we get distracted by like all these people who live these amazing lives. But like, what life do you actually want to live? Like, do you want to be that famous where you cannot go anywhere and unrecognized and like you have zero freedom? Maybe that is, but maybe you want to be free enough that you can create freely, make an income off it that you're like, you know, making six figures, seven figures, whatever it is, but also to be able to go have your spa day, to be able to go and get a jet ski and spend the day with your friends, just like go for a hike alone. He, when he was talking about, it, I was like, Oh yeah, the vision of what you want your life to be should be the driving factor, not, the dollar figures in your bank account, because ultimately you're hundred percent right. It doesn't make you any happier. I think they did a study that was like, as soon as you earn over, I think it's like 120,000. That's it. You don't get any more happiness from that number going higher. So like what else is making you happy? Cause it's not going to be the money. It's not, it's not. And I was like, the only difference is like, all right, well, I can pay for things, you know, I could pay for everything. And that just, but I wasn't doing what I wanted to do deep down. I was being suppressed creatively, emotionally, you know, just, it was, yeah. So yeah, it is important, but yeah, I don't want to (laughs) be, I don't want to be super duper famous to where I can't like move. And one thing that, you know, concerns me a little bit is that you can't, once you, you push the ball, sometimes you can't stop it. You know, even though I'm saying, yeah, I don't like I want to be like, I want to be making a great living like what you're saying, still have my freedom to do what I want. That's the life I want. And that's the route where I feel like I'm going. But I don't know what is in the cards, you know, and I don't know what's going to like if if people. I don't know. I guess you can't help being famous. You know, you can't you can't say stop knowing about who I am now. <laughs> this, this is the end right here. This is my ceiling. You can't go past here. It's like, I, I can't control that. But I feel like I I can to a certain extent. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But when you're in it, it's hard to know what's going on. Like, cause I'm growing right now. And it's like, I can see that there's a difference when I go out like last year versus this year. Like I could see that there's a difference in how people are, treating me like just I I keep growing I keep reinventing myself I see you I see you I can I could just notice that it is a difference and I'm like oh they're treating me like differently like I'm 
some type of spectacle sometimes depending on where I go it's kind of everywhere I mean I go places and people don't know who I am it's not like I'm just like <laughs> the, the paparazzi are coming out around Charlotte but it's like I definitely know in certain spaces it's like or online I get I'm getting all the messages like yo I'm so proud of you I'm so pr- all the time like everything you've accomplished I remember or people that I definitely know who they are they're like you might hit me up like you might not remember me. And it's like, <laughs> I do remember you. Like, I remember, why would I remember you? Like, it's just like, people are looking at you differently from the outside. It's all about how people view you, I guess. It doesn't, I could think, yeah, I'm regular. I'm just like anybody else and everything. But if somebody thinks, oh, you're, you're something special or or you're famous, like there's people who say I act fa- uh, famous now, and it's it's really weird because I feel like I'm I'm literally just getting started. But it's all about how people view you, and then you kind of kind of move accordingly because like you may feel like I'm very accessible right now, and it's getting to the point where I'm like I gotta be less accessible to to people because they might view me a certain way, and just because I know I'm normal. And I'm just being accessible. It can be, it can be dangerous. It could get weird. It could, it's just a lot of stuff that is like tied into that. Just being open and just being down to earth, you know, it's it's a lot. So I'm kind of navigating that to where I can kind of not be so, you know, open and trusting and like, hey, pull up on me here, like. Uh, but I, I I have to do that, you know, but maybe he has security there, you know, just in case. <laughs> so different, different things, different ways I got to move. But I'm sure I'm fine. I'm sure I'm fine. But I actually I'm not sure. You don't know. You don't know who's watching you and you don't know who knows you. And that's that's a part that's kind of like I'm grasping, like, because I'll meet people that follow me and I've never seen them. And they're like, I've never seen them a day in my life. I've never seen them comment or nothing. I've never seen nothing. Like just yesterday, someone I was getting flyers and sitting there and saying hi to the person. He's like, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. I, I support what you're doing. I really love what you're doing and keep going and stuff. And this guy has his own stuff going on. He's a YouTuber and successful on YouTube and different things. And I'm like, I didn't even know who you were and you're following me and you're actually tapped into what I'm doing and what I got going on and the people I run out into. And it's like, you don't realize, you just don't know who's watching. Just because they're not engaging don't mean they're not watching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you see the views versus the likes. It's like people still see you and you see the reach and the profile visits and, and you just don't know that it's real sometimes. And but it is, it's real, unless you buy it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, let me just say, I'm glad you're accessible because if you weren't, then we wouldn't probably be doing this. So it makes my life a lot easier. Um, but I definitely get it. It's a balance of like, again, how much do you give? Because then that can become too much where it's like people start thinking that they you owe them something. That's what a lot of people talk about is like, they used to respond to messages and stuff like that. And then when they stop, because obviously their career is grown and then time is not so simple. And like you and I both know that all the big artists, or I'm not going to say all, but most of the big artists that have teams that respond to messages, it's not the artists. They don't have time genuinely to be like looking on social media, respond to like the millions of messages that they get. So like there, there is a part of it that, you should also be like, 
not as accessible because I think that helps build the kind of mystery around you as well. Like it's it's just impossible to to know what's really right, but you just got to do what what you think is the right thing to do. Yeah, it just get yeah exactly, and it's like and for me, it's like to the point where it's getting overwhelming, and that's what it's like because I am so accessible. It's like all right, I have a text line, got about four hundred people in there. I got my Instagram where people DM me. I got the dope events Instagram where people DM me. I got my actual phone number where people are, are calling me that had my number for years just calling me out the blue like <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like I haven't talked to you in a couple of years and now people are just reaching out to me and wanted to tap back in and just calling me and it's like and then it's like and then I got Facebook not to mention people on there and it's like it's just a lot like to where I find myself responding to like hundreds of things per day and it's like I don't think and then it's like people asking me miscellaneous stuff that it's like I don't want to answer this right now and it's a lot of stuff that I see and it's like on my actual phone that I see and I just can't I just don't respond to because I think I responded to it and I didn't respond to it so it's like I be I feel like I need an assistant like just to like I want to be accessible but I want there to be channels you know to where it can be streamlined in a way to where it can be organized and and then there's email now multiple different emails it's just a lot a lot of stuff like to try to manage at one time while you're pursuing your career while you're out um curating events and all of that but you got to do it or get somebody else to do it but it's it kind of I don't know if it necessarily works yeah I mean you just need that filter someone to filter it for you just to be like hey these are the eight that you need to respond to today that would be a good, that would be a much better life of like prioritize, give me the prioritization as opposed to anything else. Right. I just realized my name was in the corner now the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it wasn't there the whole time. That's why yeah. <laughs> it, it disappeared. But um, yeah, you got to prioritize and that's where I'm at right now. So I can progress because it's only so far. I mean, I've seen people get far alone. So I, I kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I, it's only so far you could go alone. Then the other side of me is like, no, I could do it all alone. I could get pretty far by myself. I'm just being lazy. I'm like, and it's like, no, you gotta, I'm kind of like. Here's, a, here's where I disagree though. You're not being lazy because it is harder to run a team than it is to do it by yourself. Like, because what you're doing now is setting yourself up for success. So like, the, the wrong time to build a team is when it's unmanageable. That's the wrong time. That's too late. You need to build a team where it's manageable now, but you can see the scalability and you can be like, this is not capable. I'm not capable of doing this long term. So like, I actually disagree. This is not lazy. This is just like you being a smart artist in the sense of you see the future and you see the trajectory and so you hiring people and you building out a team is using foresight rather than, so I, yeah, I just think that's negative talks for yourself. It's actually a great thing that you're setting yourself up for success. That's what right. it is. Don't yeah. wait too long to do that. Cause if you wait, you're everyone's fucked. Yeah. That, thank you. Thank you for that insight. Cause yeah, you're right. It's, it is. And it's like, if I know it's like, 
all right, my workload is so much. I need, I need people to, I need to outsource and I just need to do it because I'm going to have to have a team one day. Why not be today? You know, so it's, it's, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I talk like, oh, well, you could do it all. And it's like, no, you should be, I should be able to just do the music, the hiking, the 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 ideas, you know, for my events, the stuff that I want to do and bring and just have it all running. And I know I can just bring in the people that want to want to help. And and I, I got people now, you know, I put it out there, you know, you ask, you shall receive. So now it's about just implementing. And yeah, it is like now I got to be very now my jobs are different because I have to be very organized in what I want from everybody and communicate that unless I hire a manager too to manage all of that but it's like I'm kind of the man my, my new job would be to manage my team versus all the different roles on it but then we're all going to eat more because it's just going to go to the next level because I see it I see it really like definitely growing I, I've been growing this whole time but I, I see it even um I noticed that it, it's a different type of growth and, and then with my events and they're growing on their own thing. And it's like, I see how that can, I see how they can play together. And I see how I can go on a world tour just through my own event company by just booking it out. And it don't even have to be a Reese Raps world tour, but I see how Reese Raps still needs her own, I'm saying it like it's not me, her own tour <laughs> separately from it. So it's like, it's like a business. It is like, it's a business and it's like, two different things and businesses need teams. So yeah, I'm here <laughs> doing that. Right. And thank you. I appreciate that. It's happening. Um, I did want to ask about your cooking as well. Cause like I, I saw that like you, you've got recipes on there. What inspired that? Obviously, you know, cooking is something that you enjoy and something that you mentioned already, but like what inspired like actually being like, Hey, I think I can put this out there. I think I can give people recipes. I can show them what I'm doing. Well, I said cooking is what I enjoy. Um, let me let me step back a little bit. I really enjoy eating good food. <laughs> <laughs> vegan food. I'm vegan, so I, I enjoy everything on that page is vegan. But um, I enjoy eating really good vegan food. And it's sometimes you can't always get that unless you do it yourself. So um, I started I started that page like in 2019. It's really like a leisure page but I see the scalability within that alone you know like that's one thing it's like when I bring in these people they gotta work for I want it to be like for everything because it's like I can I've already thought of ways and I have the resources to do that to blend that cooking with the music and and different things like I have things that I want to work on creatively that I got to take some stuff off my plate so I can put some vegan food on my plate that I cooked and get it out to the people and um, online. But I do have a passion about being vegan. I think people don't know, like our food is really good. Like you you hear vegan food and you think like "Mm, bland. It's it's like we got a bad rep, you know? (laughs) So I feel like it's, it's because I'm not vegan myself, but like, um, it's like it was at the beginning of the vegan movement and it was like, you know, pushing these recipes that weren't good. But like, I I genuinely don't understand people who are like, I cannot eat a vegan meal where it's like, really? 
like you're really that stubborn that like you cannot have like there are so many delicious foods that don't have meat in them like I, I went to India and they have a lot of vegan curries and they're so tasty. Like it has nothing to do. It just was like, Oh, the sauce has to be good. Like if you are good at cooking, whatever you put in is going to be good. Like if right. the recipe is good, it's good. So like, yeah, I've never really understood this, like, you know, me okay. versus them and like all this kind of thing. Like, like I'm a, I am a big meat eater, but also I'm like not crazy enough to be like, uh, tofu gross. Like tofu, if it's cooked correctly is really nice. Like everything else, if you cook it right, it tastes good. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I want to show people, not only the people like that vegan food is actually good. I also want to show people that you can actually Vegan food is good and vegans, you can actually cook without overcomplicating it. Cause it, for at the beginning of being vegan, I really did not know what to eat or what to make. And I didn't cook, you know, I would just eat it out. And I was vegetarian my first year. So I would just, I would just eat cheese fries every, every day, <laughs> every day, like just no bacon, cheese fries every day. And then I end up cutting cheese out and, um, and dairy. So it's been like five years since I've been vegan, but I really, it took for me to start getting in the kitchen and realize it's not hard to whip something up and eat. Cause I think that's why sometimes some people convert back to eating. Cause it's very convenient to not be vegan. <laughs> like it's convenient, but it's, it's fulfilling. I'm kind of like, I'm repulsed by meat now. It's like, I can't imagine going back to eating meat. It's just like, I don't think it's for me, but I never, I never would have thought I would have been a vegan. Like I always, it was always a foreign concept to me. Like it was just something I never knew any, uh, I just didn't associate it with anything that I would ever be interested in in my life. You know, I ate all the different meats and everything, but it took for me to like, you know, research it. I read this book um, called Maintaining Our Temples and it, and um, you know, it's deeper for me. And I, I kind of introduced the concept that it wasn't natural to be eating meat. And I was in thinking about digestion and just different things and health. And I really was like, Let, let's do it. Let me try this out. And I stopped eating meat and I haven't went back. It's been it's just a lifestyle, you know. I don't even think about it, and some people are like, "Oh, I don't know how you do it." It's like I, I, I just don't eat meat, you know. Definitely, I they will probably stuff. say the exact same thing about. I don't know how you get up on stage and rap, but yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like the same sentiment with two different things, right? And it's like you just do it, you know. And it was, it was a thing too, like going from vegetarian to vegan. And I'm like, I was telling a client, like, I don't know how you do it, and she's like yeah it's easy all you got to do is stop buying cheese and I was like stop buying cheese I'm like yeah you're right I'm making the decision to to get it with the cheese and I'm making the decision to eat the meat I'm making the decision to whatever it may be in your life you're making the decision to do it or not do it you know and once you decide if it's something you really want you'll do it and it'll just be easy for you because you did it so long ago now it's like all right, I'm vegan, but let me show y'all how to be vegan. And I'm definitely looking forward to stuff by the end of this year, having those cross branding those. Cause you know, I put my music behind my recipes, but it's a whole thing. I can't say it. Yeah. It's a whole genius idea I have 
and it's going to perfectly blend my music in my cooking lanes. Because, you know, I could blend the events and the music. I could blend the events and the cooking sometimes. I've cooked for events and had my, my mom serve it or something like that. Like, I've blended <laughs> that. I haven't blended the music and cooking besides the um besides just putting my music behind the the recipes but it's it's a way and i'm i'm excited about doing it as i get other stuff off my plate i can focus on that that new endeavor i had an idea and you can tell me whether it's the same idea as yours but but my idea was like getting the sounds of the cooking in the music in the sense of you can build in like because there's some there's some really cool sounds in, in any kitchen, right? Like even just the chopping of vegetables, there's something like the ASMR of it. It's like pleasant or like, you know, the, the first time of a really hot pan and you're putting something in and the sizzle. And so that's where, that's where my head instantly went to. Maybe, maybe that's where it is. But like mine was like, Oh, you could do stuff like that of like, just. That's dope. That was not it, but what you're what you just said could amplify my idea to do this and when is this dropping uh in probably about six weeks i would say around that time frame i wonder should i just do it (laughs) no i'm not gonna say it (laughs) i'm like yeah it's because i gotta i i gotta i gotta get it out because it's it's like it's dope so Okay, I'll be saying I'm gonna just do it. It's gonna be six weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh six weeks to get the first episode out. No, so um rapping recipes basically where I'm rapping recipes. We can do the ASMR beats. We can make the beats from scratch, the sound of the music, and then like have rhyme books, recipe books. That's like, awesome. Yeah, so that's what I wanna do is like blend my music like where it's like and then it's like a soundtrack and it's like songs. It's like a bunch of songs that are either I'm still trying to figure out whether the song should be like, all right, vegan Philly. That's the song. And it's a, it's about is literally the recipe as the song or it should it be songs theme to it. But I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to tie it all in, but. Well, if I can add and see if I can amplify your idea, um, you could, I think there are a couple ways you could do it. You could, you could title the recipe the way you feel after you eat the dish. And so the, that could be the title of like, not the recipe itself, but like right. the feeling that you get or whatever it makes you feel when you cook it, like this is how you feel. And then the song can incorporate the recipe or you can go the other way around, which is like, here's the recipe. Let me talk to you about how it makes me feel when I'm like cooking what it represents. So I feel like you could go, multiple ways with it of right. just like but the recipe and make it a song like first you put the stuff in then you, then you get that <laughs> i ain't bluffing though i ain't bluffing when i say you gotta put a dash of salt <laughs> i don't know but it's like i feel like you could like i'm still like i really gotta take time to like outsource so i could sit down and really create and write it out like about how it could be because it's like the possibilities are endless when it, well, well probably not endless, but it's <laughs> probably not too well, many. I was ways. just like, how would you then you have to come up with a lot of different rhymes for measurements. Cause it's like, like <laughs> right. you got to have 300 grams enough, like your nans. And then I was well, like, Oh, 
well, you don't got to put the measurements. You could have that written out on a book, hmm. but then just say what's in it and how to do it. Or the other thing I was thinking about is like, you just have a song that you should listen to while you're cooking it, which is like the the depth of experience. It's like, you know, there's like really fancy restaurants that you can go to and they have like the sound of the ocean while you're eating seafood. And apparently the simple sound of the ocean brings out the salt in the flavor. And so like you can have these other sounds that kind of just amplify it all so that like, cause when I cook, I put music on sometimes, or I, sometimes I just do it in silence. Cause I like the, the mental freedom, but like you could have the music that just amplifies it all of like, cook this while listening to this. And this will help you feel this certain way. Right. I like that. I, Cause I feel like with the whole, the recipe is a song thing. I'm overcomplicating it. And it's like, I'm making it like much when I just make music and I make food and I can blend it. And I would, I would name the songs after the food in that case. And then I also have um, something I'm working on called the cook up where we're cooking and making a song at the same time. So I'm like, I wonder, should that all play into the same thing to where it's like, all right, well, the cook up, now we got the rapid recipes page. Probably gonna change my vegan <laughs> Reese cooks again to rapid recipes. And then um, we got the rhyme books, but it's all from, but then we got the cooking show as well. You know, I got a space that already is ready to do it. It's like everything. So yeah, I want it, I want it all. I don't want to make it so to where I'm doing like so many different things, but I want it to be able to like benefit each other. But yeah, I do like that. I I don't want to, I don't want to overcomplicate it though to where I'm like, all right, now I gotta, it's, it makes it like scientific in a way if you try to like song <laughs> the recipe and I'm like, that's why I'm like, I, I don't even know, but I do, I'm going to blend it to where that music is curated for these dishes and that way I can do those collaborative posts on the Reese Rapid, Rapid Recipes page and it makes sense, you know? Well, what you walked into was essentially the combining of two things that I love, and that is food and rapping. And so I could not have, I could not go through this whole interview without giving you my take and my thoughts, but who knows, hopefully it helped people just listen to us brainstorm for about 15 minutes about like what you could do. Uh, but <laughs> right, right. That's valuable within itself. And that's why it's like, even like, see, I didn't know if I wanted to share that, but that what you just added was input that can amplify what I'm doing. And that's important for life to kind of, you know, sometimes you got to collaborate in order to get stuff done or to even be motivated to actually do it. But yeah, sometimes you got to just put it out there and yeah, but it's, I'm excited about doing that though. I'm excited about getting that. Cause it's like, I, I want, I love it both. And I really want some, I want to take some time and, and have more stuff. Like people don't even know I'm vegan sometimes, you know, I put it in my bio. I don't really push it all the time. So I definitely wanted to, it's not really my identity. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm vegan. But <laughs> but I do feel like I could ingrain it What do you mean? More. You don't introduce yourself like, hi, I'm vegan straight away. That's oh, not. No, I don't. I don't. That's what people think vegans do yeah. though. Like, hey, by the way, I'm vegan. I know nobody asked, but you know, but 
uh, maybe at one point. No, I don't think it's ever been like. No, you don't strike me as that person who's like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just so everyone knows, I'm vegan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we go on the food orders. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, okay, I'm vegan, by the way. Someone say, oh, you want to go out to eat? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm vegan, by the way. I don't. I hope that doesn't deter you from, from going out to eat with me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like people don't even expect it because I'm not what you think a vegan would look like you know <laughs> like people like, think vegans are all like super skinny and just they just don't expect vegans to to even be in their realm you know and there it's not in a lot of people's realm so they don't even think about it and they don't know so it's like a part of putting it out there showing people hey there's a way to be vegan and I was just like you I ate all of that stuff you know and I I don't, I don't like it no more I, I'm repulsed by it now I used to eat chicken like everybody else like you know I used to eat a lot of stuff but now that I couldn't imagine eating today and it's just because it's who I'm vegan now <laughs> so and you can be too because the food is really good it's the, and I for my events, I would do all vegan food if people's mindset wasn't so close sometimes to it. So I always make sure I have vegan options. But it's like if you have all vegan options, somebody is liable to go eat somebody, go lead the event and go find something to eat because this food is like inedible in some people's heads. So I don't I don't know. I don't get it. It's like I can't eat what you eat, but everybody can eat vegan food. But people out like, <laughs> no, not everybody can eat that. Except for the carnivores who are like, I'm on the pure carnivore diet diet. All I do is eat meat. That that's also like an interesting realm. But anyway, we can get into into this a different time. Um, but like, yeah, I, I love that idea of of the cooking show. Um, my only request and can I just say we got the exclusive here first. So uh hell yeah, I love a bit of an exclusive. Um, but if you ever need guests on your show. I actually am pretty handy in the kitchen. I'm horrendous at baking. I will tell you right now, baking is not my thing too precise in the sense of like, you have to have, and then I'm just like, I just get bored at some point and I start throwing flour and I'm like a mess. In the, that's, but when it comes to actual cooking, like I love pans and I love like the heat, there's something about it all. And then you throw in a bit of this and you throw in a bit of that and you taste it and you're like, you know what? I'm going to add a bit more of this and, so I like recipes and then I like to add my own flavor to like, you know, a little bit more, a little bit less. Let's see if I can enhance it. Yeah. It's, it's power and being able to put stuff together like that. You know, it's, it's like chemistry behind cooking, you know, it's like all the components and how it all makes something new. It is exciting. You're creating something. And those are literally, they say culinary arts for a reason. It's literally an art. Like, and I just, believe that more people should should cook and especially try vegan food you know like cooking vegan food specifically it's like yeah I don't cook meat anymore I know some vegans that cook for other people they might cook meat and stuff too but I, I don't I'm that's kind of gross to me you know just the raw uh like <laughs> I get like grossed out even just like yeah <laughs> like I'm, I'm good on that but like I would love to like show more people and have people on my show that are not vegan. Like, it's not just like a vegan only territory, you know, like I want guests that are not vegan and like um, in studio audience that may or may not be vegan, like bringing together the people that just want to see a song cooked up on the spot, as well as hear, um, as well as hear the music 
uh, yeah, that was the same thing. Hear the music get the cooked up on the spot as well as eat a dish that is very delicious and, and vegan. So, and I'm very, I'm very prideful. And I don't think I can cook bad. Like I'm really good at it. I'm good at everything, man. I'm good at everything I put my mind to. And it's all about, I feel like anybody, I couldn't say everybody is, but I feel like cooking takes patience. It really takes patience. You can't rush and try to cook. You really just gotta like, when I cook, I'm liable to sit there for three hours cooking, just three to four hours, just like, working on it I got some dishes that are like really easy and quick to make that I know I'll make if I'm like in a rush like tacos and stuff like that but when I'm really cooking I I really just take that time and just take my time because if I don't then it might not be as good because you got to really take the time to like like you said try it make sure everything right you go back to it like I don't think you could make a bad dish if you really just take your time I also think it takes instinct like you need to trust you know, there's something about cooking where it's like, you know, instructions can only take you so far because like you need to be able to trust in being like, this needs a little bit longer in the pan or like this needs a little bit less or I need this to cool or I need to turn down the heat. There's something about like the the nature of always being aware of instinctually where it needs to go. And I think that's the hard part about people who are learning to cook is like they don't have the experience of cooking so they don't have the instinct and like to be like i know that mushrooms for example lose a lot of water in the pan so like it's not going to be as big so maybe i need more or like spinach starts massive and then it shrinks down so the amount of spinach that you need is probably more than you think that you need yeah. and so like understanding all those components is part of what makes you better and you just got to start yeah, I, that's that's important to mention. It is about instinct, especially somebody like me who I don't really use measurements. You know, I'll see what's in it. And rarely I'll be using measurements. And one time I did, I was like, yo, I don't think this much salt is supposed to go in here. But I, I bypassed my instinct. I put all that damn salt in there and it was salty. I was like... I had to add other stuff to try to take away from the salt. It's like, yo, I knew this whole freaking cup of salt wasn't supposed to go in here, but try to listen to the recipe too close. We'll have you messed up out here. So see what's in it. See the components. Do your own thing, you know, and make it yours. You know, that's about anything that you're creating. Make it your spin on it, you know? I love that about anything you're creating. And before we turn this podcast into a three-hour cooking podcast, I am very much aware of, of taking up <laughs> a lot of time about cooking. Maybe that's a side podcast that I have. That's just talking about food. That's like, maybe I already have a different idea for a podcast that, that I'll add uh, when I'm, when the time is right. Um, but here's my last question. I only have one more question for you. It's the only question that I plan on the show. Um, but if you had to recommend one album, that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of cannot be your own music can be any genre of music. <laughs> what would, don't worry, we'll do the plug after, but, um, but uh, yeah, any genre of music cannot be your own music. What would it be? Malibu by Anderson Pack. Do you know, I could see the look in your face that you would like already had an answer before I finished talking most guests that i have they're all like oh for fuck's sake like aaron why this question of all the questions you could ask but malibu by anderson pack why that 
project? Because that that's what I I love. That project is probably one of the projects that I've loved in my recent since I started making music. You know, because it's not a lot of music I listen to outside of my own. And a lot of times I'm not really even an album listener. I, I listen to, I like the, I know that's terrible because they put it together. <laughs> they put it together for you to listen to the whole album. And it's like, yeah, it's not too many albums where I'm like, yo, I really love this album, you know? And it's just me in this stage. I mean, it, that question probably would have been answered different, you know, of course, years ago, because First off, Malibu wasn't out too in my childhood or anything, but there's not really something from childhood that I'm like, yeah, I just really freaking love this whole album. And it's like Malibu, though, that's one of them projects that I love the instrumentation. I love just the different vibes. And if there's like if there's like four songs on a project that I can listen to on repeat, like a million times because I'm one of those listeners where I'll find a song that I love and I'll just listen to it over and over and over and over and over again then I won't listen to it for months and that's like there's multiple songs at least five or six on Malibu for me that I have listened to probably like a thousand times each you know so I think uh definitely put me through definitely come down is on there you know like um this song parking lot was one that I would skip then I went back and it ended up being one. I was like, listen to it on repeat all the time. Just like, I love how it was put together. I love Anderson Pack as a musician. I think he's amazing. I think he's really dope. Like, I want to go on tour with him. I think I would be a great fit. I love the energy behind what he creates and how he, his cadences and how he delivers. And just, um, I just feel like that album is just it. Like that album is it. Like Malibu, I want I want to have my not my own Malibu, but I want to have an album with um that I, I mean I feel like all my music's dope, but I want to put something together like that that length that is just like timeless and just there and beautiful. I wish I would have been on to it when it came out though and I could have went to the tours and all that stuff but I'm gonna catch up with Anderson Pack one day but that album is amazing have you heard it I haven't it's an album I need to listen to oh yeah Yeah. you should listen to it it's it's great it's it's rapping and singing it's it's um some of the songs you could tell he the band made because he got the free nationals and stuff some of the songs you could tell the band made the beats or some of the songs were more like just what well, I think I can tell. Look, he might come back and be like, no, the band didn't make none of those beats. But no, I felt <laughs> like the band, I could just tell like the band made some of those beats and some of them were more um electronic. And um it's it's just dope. I just I really think it's really dope. So well there you go. Of- and shout out to to Anderson Pack as well. Like it's gonna happen. You and Racy raps and then uh uh we'll we'll have I'm to you want to see it? I'll show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, show me. I'm gonna show you my vision board. Hold on. We're we're having a look at the vision board. Here we go. Oh, All right. Oh, this is very cool. Okay, so it's right. Here. So much in there. You got watches and cameras. Is that Egypt? I see in there as well. There's yeah. Anderson Pack. So it says Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals. 
this was for his last tour, best teeth in the game. But then I, it's with special guests, and I put Reese Raps right there from one of my flyers. So, so it's I, I, just, I crossed out the teeth, and I'm like, okay, it's best in the game tour, <laughs> and it's back with Reese Raps. And so, yeah, that's 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 what I want. I want to um, go on tour with him because I I do feel like I I, I go to his comments sometimes. And it's like, it'd be like some 65 year old in there, like, I'm 65 and I love Anderson Pack. And then all these other 65 plus year olds would be like, I'm 70s. Awesome comment underneath the comment. And it's like, <laughs> Anderson Pack is one of them people. He got fans all the way up in their 60s, but then probably like all the way down in their 20s, you know, and, they, and maybe teens too. I'm sure everywhere, like, just the spectrum is very wide. And I feel like, um, not a lot of he's still very slept on but he's very successful and he's really like one of the highest paid musicians out here and I, I just kind of and I love what he does with the band you know just seeing him and his band perform his tiny desk and everything like that I think it was um it's really dope I, I think everything does really dope and I, I want to be able to make music with him one day and perform on the tour with the dope band, you know, because I perform with bands. But that chemistry you have with that band, that's like a they've been playing together for a long time. And I think it's kind of difficult to control that many different emotions at once, you know, because I've been playing with bands for a minute, but it's been like different bands. And it's like, it's kind of, I, I want to have my my own set again, which I, I, I can is. That's another thing. That's a whole other thing. Like that, I gotta manage is this whole band because I, I want to pop back out because I've been performing without the band for quite some time. But now I'm at a point where I want to go back to where I don't have any shows without my band because it's a whole other experience, and I think everybody deserves that. You think I'm great performer now, and you haven't seen me with a band? It's like it's a whole other thing, and I just I be wanting to cry sometimes when I hear my music play live with a band because my music translates very well to live music because most of my producers play instruments so they play keys or something like that and it's it's not so electronic with a lot of my stuff you know it's instruments even if it is electronic it's still instrumentation involved with it so um just my shows with the band I can really I can enter I can entertain without one but I just want to have many shows all over the world with the budget to where my whole band can go with me. Cause I, I don't want to, you know, some people have dancers, some people I've done dancers, I've done other things. I, I found, I find more fulfillment and value with having that band. And let me get these dancers and have this choreography and stuff. It's like that. The band fits my music more than the other than the latter. So I'm just in the part of that, me figuring that out has been, you know, trying out different things and seeing what works. Well, I'm looking forward to you being able to do it and, and seeing that happen. And I'm sure you will tour down in Australia at some point as well. Because yeah, um, we're, we're a world away, but we're not that far away. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Reese Raps obviously came through. For anyone who hasn't checked her out, please do. Obviously on IG, uh, you've got your YouTube videos as well. That's where uh, your most recent music is out. And those visuals are really good as well. You've got uh, the 
Alibi as well. That's your most recent single that came out. There's a six minute YouTube video. There's a six minute clip on there. So make sure you check it out. Um, you also had an EP that you used Jay Diller beats on. That's also on YouTube as well. SoundCloud from what I saw. Um, but yeah, amazing to have you on the show. I cannot wait to see you continue to do amazing things. And I cannot wait also to see you combine the cooking and the music. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fantastic. But is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug? Um, Definitely. Dope EP, check it out. The Dope EP, Diary of a Pothead is 420. So I got I would be remiss to not mention that. But yeah, that's that's where it all started. And Diary of a Pothead, that song, that's how Dope Events, you know, DOAP Events, my event company, that's how that all started. And um, definitely be on the lookout for what we got coming up with Dope Events. We're expanding, we're growing, we're going on tour. And it's going to be great. And also I'm dropping a project. So Alibi is the first single to um, my upcoming EP called Queen of Hearts. So definitely be on the lookout for the end of spring, maybe around the time this <laughs> this one drops, <laughs> Alibi will be out or no, the Queen of Hearts will be out. And it's definitely a breakup EP. I'm getting out all this relation, all this toxic relationship music so I, I can move on <laughs> to other things. So that, that will be coming out. Um, late spring, early summer. So definitely be on the lookout for that and just um, follow me and keep up with me. I have a text line, all that good stuff and just tap in. We here. And racyraps.com as well. Yes. Racyraps.com. Thank you. I usually don't <laughs> get my website. Right. Or you could Google me if you spell it right. You got to spell it right though. <laughs> you might get other stuff if you don't spell it right. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now